so that when you're having a problem, you come to uh, come to God, then you need to do whatever Jesus tells whatever you to do. You. you know, people are, we, we all are human, so we're subject to some human nature, which sometimes is even sinful. The closer we are to Jesus and the more we depend on him, the less likely we are to find This is the Way to Go podcast, and we are about faith, family, and daily life. We're about taking God's word, breaking it down, making it practical to everyday living. Now, if you want to watch the show, you can actually go to Eagleville Bible Church. Just go to YouTube, type in Eagleville Bible Church. You will find it on the Way to Go playlist. But again, faith, family, and daily life. This is what we're all about. Welcome to the Way to Go podcast. I am Bill McMinn, along with me, Steve Sargent from the Hiawatha Church of God in Christ. And uh, we're talking John, man, because yes, you love the book of John. So yes. I was excited to hear that, actually, because I just felt like, ah, let's do this. But in chapter two is his first, the first miracle of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. is turning <laughs> the water into wine or Kool-Aid. Was it water? Or Kool-Aid. I don't I, You know, it was non-alcoholic wine. So <laughs> all you can drink. Huh? <laughs> well, I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, it's his first miracle. Obviously, mm-hmm. they, they ran out of wine, which would, would be a disaster, right? Right. So they, they're at a wedding. The third day, there's a wedding at Canaan, Galilee, when he was there, and the mother of Jesus was there. And Jesus was invited to the wedding with his disciples, so maybe mm-hmm. friends of the family, something like that, come on over, or they heard about him. And when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? <laughs> do I look like the winemaker? <laughs> exactly. My hour is not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Mm-hmm. Like, she not even listening to Jesus. What does this have to do with me? Just do whatever he tells you. There were six stone water jars there for Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Mm. Uh, Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim, and he said, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it out, and when the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, he did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said, hey, everyone serves the good wine first. (laughs) (laughs) And the guests had drank freely. Then you bring out the cheap stuff. (laughs) You you don't start with the cheap stuff and bring out the good stuff. Start with the good stuff. All right, what do you think of the story? That was good because, number one, it signifies what concerns you concerns Jesus. Okay. Because it wasn't a matter of life or death. Right. It wasn't like if he didn't do that, well, somebody's going to die or continue to be in bondage. It was an inconvenience thing. Right. And he corrected the inconvenience. Right. Yeah, I just wonder how many times people come up and ask to do something. We wonder, what does that have to do with me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> daily. Yeah, daily. And, and what does this have to do with me? Why are you telling me about this? Yeah, sometimes I've wondered. I even see messages I get. I'm like, what does this have to do with me? Like, why are you sending this to me? Like, I mean, people I don't even know. I mean, yeah. I'm not even talking to people I know. Like, Bill, you're mean to your friends. I'm not talking about friends. I'm just talking about people sending me stuff. Like, why are you sending me this? I'm not sure. What am I supposed to do with it? Yeah, it's kind of funny. I But obviously, you know, when it comes to the miraculous aspect of it, which I think is, oh, the, yes. is, is the message is it was a miracle. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it was better wine just shows the ability of Christ. Yeah. I think that the, the point of that was saying, and even the timing of it, when they ran out that man, why would you serve the best stuff last? Mm-hmm. 
you know, he's questioning the, the, the bridegroom, right? Why, why are we serving this at the end of the time? Right. We should have been serving this first, not knowing that Jesus Christ just made it out of water. Mm. Wow. He could take water and make it into wine. That's crazy. How That's many applications crazy. can we make from this, Steve? <laughs> Right. Man, that is that's awesome. It's absolutely incredible, incredible because uh, Jesus hadn't done any miracles on record right until this point. Right. And of all the miracles he could have done, this is the one. Right. But obviously Jesus' mother knew what he was capable oh, yeah, of. So she, he had, he had done something yeah, prior she, because she knew she went to him like fix it. <laughs> I wonder how many times he took a biscuit and made a hundred of them. <laughs> like she, there, there's a reason why she comes to him and says, Hey, they ran out of wine. Right. You yeah, know, cause right. she right. knew he could do something about it. Yep. Cause she had already seen him do something about it. Right. Yeah, At other right. times and other situations, yeah. maybe it was a little lean, you know what I mean? Mm. And Jesus Christ a, is making more of it. That's a message in itself. When yep. you, when you're in a situation, why not talk to the person who can do something about it? Right. Which is God, right? God can always do something, do about, something it. about it. And I think the one beautiful thing about Jesus Christ, too, and you think about the feeding of the 5,000, five loaves, two fish, how he can always make more of something than what it yeah. is. Yeah. He can take just normal water and make it something more powerful. Mm -hmm. So you think about life, you think about your life. He can take an ordinary life and make it extraordinary. Yes. Right. And give it something use it for something totally other. I mean, all those jars too were used for purification. I mean, he's using it now for something that originally that wasn't really the plan for those jars. That's mm -hmm. not why they were designated. This is a Jewish community. It's not why they were there. They were there for something totally different. He turns it into a, a source of wine, right. right? So, I mean, he can take you, you could be scheduled to be, well, you know, I thought I was really just this. And I, and all of a sudden now you're a teacher at Awana, you're working in church, you're mm -hmm. doing something way more than what you thought mm -hmm. because of what Christ puts into you. Yeah. Right. And that's something because he takes ordinary things, ordinary people, ordinary situation and does something extraordinary right. with it. Right. So, I, yeah, I, I think that's extraordinary. I would also say that, you know, if I, if I look at a factual basis, I mean, you've got to take it for what it is. Uh, the, for the church to have it, a stand against alcohol, mm -hmm. biblically speaking, I think you would be hard-pressed. What do you think? Can you say that again? I think you're hard-pressed. I don't. I believe in don't getting drunk. I don't oh, drink. Yeah, yeah. For me, right. personally, I don't drink. Right. I have no intentions of drinking. I don't think you need it. I don't, I want to prove you can live your life without it. Mm -hmm. It's just, and be totally happy and totally fine. And actually I see a lot of TikToks where people are talking about how they've given up drinking and what their life is like now mm -hmm. and how much clearer thinking, how much sharper, how much more fun they're having. So I, I'm a non, non-drinking guy all the way, right. but I can't enforce my thoughts on the normal world when in fact Christ turned water into wine. So there wasn't a stand that God was making against wine. I guess is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, right. At that point, because the, well, the Bible does tell us to not be drunk, right? For sure, um, with wine or whatever else. But um, I don't 
and doesn't record anybody was drunk either at that right. point. <clears throat> right. No, I, he wouldn't be for that. I mean, yeah. God's not going to tempt you to sin. He's not going to encourage mm-hmm. you to sin. And the Bible clearly says we shouldn't be getting buzzed. People shouldn't be getting drunk, right? It's not good for you. It's All not. Right. And the Bible clearly says don't do it. Or, don't do it, period. That is story. I had a, uh, <clears throat> a drunk lady tell me once she was going home to drink the Lord's Supper. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. Well, I'll tell you, a lot of excuses can be made for bad behavior. I mean, a lot of people can get into a lot of different things. And I think that, you know, alcohol is one of those things that can take more and more of your life than you realize any sin can. Mm -hmm. I mean, this this phone can become more and more addictive and take more and more a part of our lives. Uh, Anything can. Uh, Mm -hmm. Passions, sins pornography could yes right greed could um there's a lot of things that could just take more and more of you and Mm -hmm. sin is like rust it doesn't stop and so when i look at somebody and you're going a direction towards drunkenness i know for a fact it's not going to stop asking for more Mm -hmm. sin always wants more of you yeah right that's true it doesn't it's not one drink will do right or i'm just going to do it tonight and that's it well, a lot of people, I, I remember talking to a guy one time and he said, listen, I want you to know something. He used to be a drinker and biker and all that. And he just said, everyone is going to those bars and not going home. They're sitting there at those seats. They have problems. Mm-hmm. He said, there's a lot of problems there that the answer is not going to be found in a bottle yeah. ever. And so you've got to remember that too. But going back to the, the miracle and just the situation of it, there's, a, there's something to be said for Christ showing up in the ordinary mm-hmm. of life. Yeah. This isn't in a synagogue. Right. This is not in a temple. This is at a normal social gathering of something that's just in town. And Christ is there. Christ is interested in what's happening in that place. He's present in that place. So I think about us going to, you know, when we're at weddings or we're at funerals or we're at, uh, a bar, a picnic or an open house or mm-hmm. whatever's going on or a birthday party. These are still, these are not places outside of God's concern. And in fact, he may have you there as his right. followers, his child to be a light in that place. That's very true. Right. Like I mentioned, he's, he's, um, whatever is concerning us, it concerns him. Right. And he showed that from the very beginning that not only, obviously he worked a miracle, but it was the compassion the sympathy right. he felt towards them running out that he did something about it. All right. So you're saying this shows the compassionate side of Christ yes. too. Yes. I think it shows his respect for his mom too. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> what mom wants, mom gets, you know, mom says, mom says he's 30 years old. Mom says, just, just do whatever he says. Mm-hmm. So Jesus, you're, you're going to do something here because mm-hmm. she knew she had total faith in him. And one of the things too, that the book of John is about is total belief. Mm-hmm. And you look at his mom, his mom already believed in him. Yeah. Had to have to say, Hey, they're out of wine. You know what you see exactly where this is going. She knows exactly where this is headed, that Jesus Christ is going to miraculously produce it. Yeah. Right. 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 That, there, yeah, I, I just think that's an amazing aspect of it too. Mm-hmm. She believed. And right, she believed. I love the way she instructed his disciples, like whatever he tells you to do, right. do it. So she knew in her heart he's getting ready to do something, right? Because right. she wouldn't have said that if she just 
Well, I, guess I just it's throw good. it out there, Jesus. I'm going back to my seat. Well, that's a good point too. So that when you're having a problem, you come to uh, come to God. Then you need to do whatever Jesus tells whatever you to tells do, you. right? You yes. know what I'm saying? You need to well do whatever He tells you, and that's going to be the answer, and that's going to be the fix. Right. I had somebody come in off, or actually, they came in for counseling, and they were talking to me about their problems, and I said, "You already had the answer before you walked in this door. You knew exactly." what God was telling you to do because you just came in here and told me. <laughs> so I said, really, which was no fault. I mean, they needed to talk it through sure. and they needed to hear themselves say it. And for me to acknowledge what they were saying, mm -hmm. that is, yes, that's exactly what you need to be doing. But they already knew they didn't actually need me to tell them mm -hmm. because they had the answer when they walked in the door. And sometimes I see it like that. When you sure. talk to people, they already had the have the answer. They just want you to confirm the yeah, answer. Yeah, you're the confirmation. Mm -hmm. That's right. But because God's already spoken in their heart. So when God is speaking to your heart and telling you this is the answer, this is what you need to do, then that's what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Wow. Jesus is something, ain't he? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So then he so he does this, this is the first miracle, and then he gets um, upset because in John chapter 2 is the, the story of the money changers. Mm -hmm. So it's a Passover. He's in Jerusalem. And in the temple, now this is in the temple temple. Mm -hmm. All the other church type experiences that the Jewish community would have was at a synagogue mm -hmm. where they would gather together and have their elders, right? And they would, they would run and they would go over scripture, right? So that was in the synagogue. The temple's where they came for the sacrifices, right. the pilgrimage, and <clears throat> that's where the priests and the presence of God and the uh, holy of holies mm -hmm. and all this right so he's in the, he goes up to the temple in jerusalem and in the temple he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers sitting there now they're selling things for sacrifices so if you came in from let's say rome or you came in from antioch or galatia or wherever whatever or somewhere in africa carthage mm -hmm. alexandria you're going to come in as, as a Jewish person and you're going to come for this pilgrimage feast at Passover. You're not going to drive your sheep there. You're not going to drive your ox there for a sacrifice. Right. right? So you're going to go there and you're going to buy that from them. Uh, that, so, cause you know, you might wonder like, why are they selling animals at the temple? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and making, so what he did was, he made a whip of cords and he drove them out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. So, you know, when it comes to anger, sometimes there's a right to be angry, right? And he uh, poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. Mm. This is the wrong place. Mm -hmm. Not the right place to do it. That's right. This is not, this is not a business. And thing thing is too, like when they would change, because if you came in from other countries, you would have to exchange into the currency, currency of Israel. They were ripping them off when they exchanged the currency. That's another reason he was ticked. Right. Yeah, that's... These are cheats. They're, they're set up in the church. Right, right, exactly. In the church, yeah. Does that, it, has it ever made you think about the way that you conduct church or what you allow to go on in church? 100%. Okay. Yes. Yes, 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 because... When you've been in church for a long time or involved in church, there's a certain way you, you know, it becomes like, I'm not trying to say everyone is like this, but it can become like a club and an organization right. to you. Right. You know, you, you see some of the same people you've been around for a long right. time. You've developed friendships. So it's like having a, uh, a club 
an organization and we lose the fact that we're an organism. Right. So we can come up with things that in our eyes, we're not really thinking that way. Like, you know, it's not probably not really right to do that. Okay. So. Because we're just used to hanging out and we kind of lose the the voice of God. Right. Hearing what scripture says. And because we got busy doing things of a secular nature. Yes. So I would say, well, okay, if if I'm I'm hearing what you're saying. So you don't you don't want the church to be secular. You don't want it to become Mm -hmm. just a place of business. You don't want it to become like it can never be, let's say, Eagleville Bible Church Incorporated. Mm -hmm. I've always said that all along. We we we're never about the organization. Right. Always about the people who come and, and God's working with the people who come. It's not about the organization. But you think of churches that make it about carnivals, mm-hmm. bazaars, yeah, food trucks, um, blackjack tables, po- mm-hmm. uh, bingo, right, <laughs> right, yeah. And what are what in the world are you doing? Mm. Because God's house is going to be. He said another pastor is going to be a house of prayer. Mm-hmm. We're not to turn God's house into a casino, right? Church. You listening to that? Mm. We're not. And this is why, like, we don't, like, I'm not allowed people to sell raffle tickets here, mm-hmm. at least not advertised. You know what I'm saying? What they do to their friends or whatever, but right. I'm not, we're not that having tables church. to sell, hey, we're selling raffle tickets. Right. Now, if there's a ticket for a ministry, like an outreach that you have to get, like if we're doing a seminar, okay, mm-hmm. what's well, about a seminar? You know, that's different. And we're not making money off those things. Those are things where we're just, recouping some costs sure. and getting you to buy in like that, that would happen occasionally, but yeah, we're not because this house is not going to be turned into a business place. We've never allowed people to use it for, Hey, can I use the church for, you know, I was going to have a Mary Kay party or no, 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 this is not nobody's personal business. Mm-hmm. Somebody wants to run a Zumba class. I told him you will not make money. If you want to do a free class, Sure. Mm-hmm. But you are not going to turn this building into your personal thing to make money off right. of it. That's rare. I mean, it'd be rare that a request would even oh, come yeah. in like that. <clears throat> but yeah, we don't allow it to be. You, be why? Look at this passage mm-hmm. right here. Right? Yes. Those are my applications. Yeah. But I also think the secularization of the church. I think some churches, honestly, Steve, have become more of a club than anything else. I really do. And there was a great story about a lot of the big life-saving organizations in the old days that have the lifeboats and things that would save people who were having wrecks and off the shores Mm -hmm. became clubs. And they totally lost the mission. They totally lost the mission of they were there to save lives. And they became about them. They became about being comfortable. I think sometimes churches are no different than a Ruritan or the, and nothing wrong with the Ruritan, mm-hmm. nothing wrong with the Lions Club, nothing wrong with Kiwanis, if yeah. I said it right, but it's not yeah, what, it's not the role of the church. Mm-hmm. The role of the church is to communicate the truth. The role of the church is to be an ambassador for God. That's the role of the church is not just to run a dinner. It's not just to, right? Correct. It's not just Correct. to do these things. So we have to be careful. And so he was mad at them about that. And so sometimes I do think, wonder what he would think about a church. But then at the mm-hmm. end, he says, now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name mm-hmm. when they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus on his part did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and he needed no one to bear witness about man for he himself knew what was in man. Mm. What about that? He's, and it's like that today. 
right. knows. You know what's he inside, knows. man. He knows. Do you, well, how do you feel? And you're a pastor. How, mu- how much trust do you put in people not to let you down or to... Well, you know, people are, we, we all are human, so we're subject to some human nature, which sometimes is even sinful. The closer we are to Jesus and the more we depend on him, the less likely we are to fail. Right. That's just the way it is. I mean, I do trust or, people. Like, yeah. you know, I trust my staff. I trust, you know, I got Mark in here producing. He's a great friend. I, I trust him. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are plenty of people that absolutely I do trust them. But I also understand you can't count on them all. You got to know what's in the heart of man. And sometimes yeah. when you put stuff up, like if you want to get political, and Mark and I just had this conversation ahead of the show, when politics enters into a conversation, whether mm-hmm. it's a prayer meeting, it's from the pulpit, it's with your friends, you need to understand the heart of man. Mm-hmm. And you can't always entrust people to give your opinion to them and think that they're not going to slam you with it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Right. So I, I kind of appreciate the fact that he said that he did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people. Mm-hmm. And he knew what they were going to be about. He didn't need to bear witness about man. He himself knew what was in man. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we behave ourselves like we don't know what's in man. Yeah. Like, we don't know. Like, you don't understand. You know, you're flirting around with some other girl. It's going to make your wife jealous. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what's in man. You start getting, like I said, getting all these controversial topics. You don't know what's in man. Mm-hmm. You you as a business are going to get on the side of any, uh, whether it's Republicans or Democrats or chime in on any of these political hot topic mm-hmm. subjects. You don't know what's in man. You don't know that's going to cause controversy. Right. 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 That's right. Your take. I'm going to give you the, what, what yeah. is your take when well, you read it? I agree with you. You have to, um, when we consider what's in the heart of man, we would be more careful in how we present ourselves in those areas. Right. Because we all have opinions and all that other stuff, but I don't ever want to come off as being offensive. And, you know, I don't try to be offensive. I want to be truthful. Right. Or sometimes you just have to be quiet. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Sometimes and, that's the best way. And just, just don't, be don't say, I mean, sometimes I think people need to be confronted, but you still have to remember people are people mm-hmm. and they're going to get a be in their bonnet if you're not careful. So sometimes it's better to be reserved in your judgment and how much you entrust of yourself to them. Yeah. And I think that's where Christ is right now. He's not entrusting them with all the information about him of who all he exactly he is, yeah. right? All what his mission is per se. He's not saying things about all of their times. He was speaking parables. He would say, it's not my time yet. He would run. They wanted to force him to be a king. That's not why I came. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of him knowing what's in man too, that they would have wanted to start fight with Rome right then and there. Right. That's not what his mission, his purpose was, but he knew where things were headed. And I think that we need to be smart enough to know when we speak up or we say something exactly where it's headed. That's right. And we need to have that discernment that comes from him. Right. And the wisdom right. of what to say, when to say, and how, and right. to whom. Right. Well, there's a lot of practical information here, Steve. So, again, uh, we've already gone up and covered John 1, John 2. And one thing I love about the Bible is not just for then. I mean, there's a lot of lessons for mm-hmm. today, whether who you entrust. Uh, don't make churches and business. Church is about God's work, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't want to make it a business. You look at Christ. He's there in everyday life. We're, we're also involved in everyday life. That's okay. 
these are all normal things, you know what I'm saying, right. for, for us. So a lot of practical lessons. So when you read the Bible, uh, read it with that practical. Ask, what's the big deal? What should I be learning from this? The so what of it, mm-hmm. meaning learn, apply it to your life, and live and grow through it. But thanks for being here, man. Thank I, you. I really, really appreciate super it. appreciate it. Uh, have an awesome and a blessed week.